pl- you're absolutely out of your freaking mind. <laughs> That's the Black Angus talking there. <laughs> You're talking again. As it slowly wraps its uh, way around your heart. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, we revive the ancient format of 80s News Now, featuring an interview with the B-52's Fred Schneider and the 25th anniversary of Joshua Tree. With me as always, he still hasn't found what he's looking for, but at least he moved out of that dumpy apartment on the street with no name. Times pop music critic Sean Daly. Would that be your dumpy apartment? My, to my the apartment. Old lair. The lair. Oh my god! You the know, I'm lair. It has been forever since we've done a podcast, and uh, we don't. We still don't have time to do one. So you know, what we've decided to do today. Have lunch and podcast because our listeners love shows with lots of chewing mm. ah. and and uh, off-brand root beer. <laughs> Let's see how it tastes. Mm. Um, mm, delightful. So sweet. What did you get? <laughs> Chicago dog. Ooh, you're gonna regret that. Let me see. Spearsy was nice, nice enough to buy lunch at um, the old hot dog stand, and I just got like a regular dog, mustard and onions on one. And I got a Chicago dog. Oh my god! I got tomatoes, onions, relish, neon, neon green relish, a little celery salt. Barbecue bum, but you got like the Cadillac of hot dogs, like a Black Angus hot dog. The right? Black Angus, should there really be a Black Angus hot dog? You got the Black Angus, and then you got a brat. Yeah, wow. I just you're a heavy hitter. Both covered with sauerkraut, so this show's got to be over in thirty minutes or less. <laughs> anyway, we got a lot to talk about today, baby. Lots of. Why don't you start things off? Let me digest. U2's best-selling album turns 25 years old this week, and so we're faced with re-examining an old question. 
Is Joshua Tree the best U2 album? No! Sean Daly, I ask you. Is Joshua Tree U2's best album? As longtime fans of uh, Stuck in the 80s know, I do not believe that the Joshua Tree... Wow, look at that crowd. (laughs) (laughs) That sauerkraut explosion. I love their first record, sauerkraut explosion. So good. Uh, No. Joshua Tree is a tremendous album, of course. But for true emotional impact, danceability, which you want from every U2 album, um, and inventiveness, my favorite album by far in the U2 canon is Octong Baby. Huh. And I turn it to you, and I think I know this answer. Joshua Tree is not your favorite U2 album no. either. It's, I have this theory that whatever U2 album you like the best... It's probably the U2 album that came out at some uh, important moment in your uh, development yeah. to adulthood. Yeah. So I'm guessing Octone Baby came out. Octone Baby came you out. Were, what, in um, college? Yeah, my senior year in school, maybe. And, you know, it was popular. I listened to it nonstop after graduation. And I was uh, dating a woman named Michelle Thomas. And wow, uh, it was ill fated. Well, it's college. You know, I never talk about my, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, one, one was the, you know, uh, a huge song off that, the ballad. What's uh, <laughs> going? Uh, it's not going to come across well. <laughs> Enjoy the show, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, so that was it. So everything like, oh, my God, Ultraviolet on Octung Baby, um, Who's Going to Ride Your Wild Horses? It's a really sexy album. A lot of talk about love and alienation and all the, you know, these relationships. Um, so yeah, that you're right, and for you, uh, unforgettable fire. Yeah, senior year of high school when you were in grad school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, but, but it seems like Joshua Tree. It's the best sell- selling album to this day. I think it went diamond level in sales. Yeah, what, what, what does that mean? Ten million, Is something that, like that, or a million. But um, no, platinum is a million. Well, diamond's got to be better than that, right? Yeah. And it's got it's got the hits, yeah. Which with or without you, which I don't like. Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, where the streets have no name. Great song. But uh, and there's some other good stuff on there. I don't really care for side two though. Red Hill Mining Town. Uh, what? You know, I don't think, I'm going to say that I've never actually owned Joshua Tree. I may have heard it. Like someone may have bar- let me borrow it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I don't know. 19 was it? 1987. So I would have been. A sophomore or junior at Florida. Yeah, I was, I was listening to more edgy stuff than you two. Really? I wasn't even out of high school yet. I wanted, I wanted edginess. I was a junior in high school. I wanted, I wanted edginess. That was, you know what? That was before, Joshua Tree was before I dated Natalie Diffenball. Drink, drink, drink. How long has it been since we heard Thing that? Of, I, you know, the the I need some drinking music because the hot dog was like lodged in my throat. I, it looked like you were having trouble with some of that black Angus. No, actually, what am I doing? I've been doing the brat, but I'm going to double team now. Now let me ask: Is it really a brat, or is it just oh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's real? Brat. Oh, really? Because I thought like the hot dog lady, she yeah. just you know I mean, she, she didn't really seem, she didn't seem like you know she had a butcher's degree. Or anything. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's try the black English. Except for butchering the English language. Hey, just kidding, lady. Hmm. So, um, smoky. Oh boy, you can really hear the each little. 
morsel of fat. Saliva explosion in there. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so, yeah. So, no, but I, uh, I, I think that's a good point. But Joshua Tree, it's hard to... I mean, these were... You know, this was right in their, uh, their glory days, right? Why does... Um was there an? I, I, I'm gonna. Uh, and then they followed up Joshua Tree. Oh, they had Rattle and Hum, but then after that, they were obviously frustrated. And so then you had Octung Baby. I mean, doesn't Rattle and Hum though come across to you as really pretentious? Well, it's like kind of hitsy, and uh, yeah, I guess it had a lot of original stuff. I mean, on just kind of like. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't I mean, know if I've ever re- actually seen the movie. To me, to me, it's it's all downhill with you two after Unforgettable Fire. What? Yeah. What? You really don't like Octung Baby? Oh no, not at all. What? You like? No. You don't like one? Yeah, it's okay. I'm tired of mysterious. You know the ways. trouble. You know the trouble. And maybe you two taught us this before anybody else. Is that by 1987, 1988, 1989, and heading into Octung Baby, it wasn't an album world anymore. Unforgettable Fire is one of those few records that you can put on and listen to start to finish. And and I think after 1985. Nope, nobody did those sort of projects anymore. You don't see any great albums that you can listen to from start to finish after Unforgettable Fire. Certainly no U2 albums. That you- is absolutely 100% wrong. Octung Baby is, is 100% con- conceptual and cohesive. Really? Was it Love is Blindness is the last one? Opens with a fly. You're absolutely out of your freaking mind. <laughs> That's the Black Angus talking there. Let <laughs> me talking again. As it slowly wraps its uh, way around your heart and squeezes like a constrictor. <laughs> I feel like we've done a disservice to you too, but wait till you see what we do on the next topic. Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. This week also marked the anniversary, the 30th anniversary, that is, of the death of a comic genius known as John Belushi. Real name? John Belushi. <laughs> John left us on March 5th, 1982 after a drug overdose in Bungalow Number no. 3 at the Chateau Mormont in Hollywood. But he left behind some great work that we continue to cherish, especially me and Daly. The Blues Brothers, 1941. Love it. Neighbors. Continental Divide. I love Continental Divide. I'm going to have to watch that tonight. And a little college party movie known as Animal House. <laughs> so I have to ask Sean... Had he lived, would John Belushi have gone down as the biggest star ever to emerge from the dark, dingy hallways of Saturday Night Live? Huh. Um, you know, here's my thing about Belushi. Um, it, it's funny because my answer to that question conflicts with how I feel about Belushi. Because you and I grew up and Belushi was king, right? We oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Samurai, you know. Yeah, yeah. Samurai delicatessen and all that stuff. So... The thing is, he was making weird decisions at the end. Wasn't Neighbors and Continental Divide two of the last movies he made? Was he making odd decisions? Yeah. Increasingly, he wanted to branch out and not just be... I didn't think he didn't want to be a goofball anymore. He didn't want to be Chris Farley, what Chris Chris Farley was. So um, even though he's a great physical comedian, Blushy was just great. He didn't have to say anything, and he could be funny. However, so I'm not sure had he stuck around, he might have done something weird. Or maybe Belushi would have freaked out Brando-like and retired. You don't know. It was such a wild card, you know? And maybe he would have blown up his fame 
and not giving us what we wanted more, you know, Blutarski, Bluto. However, how I feel about Belushi, he is so canonized and sainted in my twisted head that had Belushi lived, I think popular culture in Hollywood and in cinema would have been totally different. Huh. Such was his influence and, and his, you know, his light and his star power that maybe history is different if Belushi lives. Honestly. Like, I have no, like, the Zemeckisian, you know, back to the future ways of how he would have changed things. But I don't know. Does, if Belushi lives, like, there, wasn't there kind of like this loss? Didn't Hollywood kind of sober up, maybe? After Belushi, a little I mean, bit. it was a pre- yeah, pretty. In 1982, there was still a lot of partying to go. But like Robin Williams and Robert De Niro and all these guys were like screwing around with a ton of drugs. Remember, De Niro was like, didn't De Niro once advise that somebody should really do drugs in a movie to get the right, you know? Yeah. Um, so maybe if Belushi, I don't know, maybe Belushi kind of had to die in order for like people to kind of sober up. And what year was that? 82. 82. God, it was early in the 80s, too. Yeah. And the 80s was a, a pretty decadent decade, you know? But yeah, I don't but know. I mean, you know, the early, I guess coming off the 70s and all the drug use of the 70s, too. And, and Saturday Night Live, the whole cast was just. If Belushi lives, baked. like, how is life different? I think it's I think it's drastically different. It's like only a Star Trek episode can explore <laughs> for us. The, um, you know what I think is, I mean, you know, yeah, he had made those weird choices with, with neighbors, which I hated at first, but I kind of like it now. And Continental Divide, which. I liked it then as much as I like it now. I love it's just, it. It's just and a, the air was thin. It's a rom com, you know. Before rom coms were big, but a lot of stars have done that. I mean, if you look at um, Bill Murray in the early '80s, did uh, Razor's Edge. He wanted to try to get away from being right. a jokester. He tried it. It didn't work. He went back to what he ironically did best. and his death speech when he has a friend who dies. You know that story. Friend who dies in the war when he's yeah. in the Razor's Edge. And it's that uh, the death speech he gives. And he talks about, about what a Belushi. slob. It was and, all about John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's poignant. I it love is. that movie. It's a good I book. And it's a great movie. And if I ever had a chance to talk to him, I would. I would definitely devote some time to talking about that. I think if you got, you know, I heard him do a, uh, an interview with Howard Stern, and I, I imagine that Bill Murray, he's, he's he's an eccentric, but I think he would give everybody the respect of giving a good interview as long as you knew what you were talking about. You know. I think he would be respected. I think he'd give us a good one. And he's such a nut that maybe he would do this. Like, he would do, you know, not just Entertainment Weekly. Remember Entertainment Weekly, that story on Bill Murray where they, they couldn't track him find him? Yeah. 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 He's, he's got, he's got he like, no, phone. no phone. Yeah, that's awesome. But, but, but John Belushi, yeah, I think I like your theory. That maybe he goes off and he disappears and we don't, we don't hear from him for 10 or 20 years. I'm telling you, man, if Belushi doesn't die... I, Really, like it, it sends like uh, it gives me goosebumps. Like if he doesn't die, I think the world, I think our lives are different. Let me ask you this: Do you think that his legacy legacy has been tarnished any bit by one the the Blues Brothers two thousand and two no. his his brother sort of being dubbed the next John Belushi? No, I don't. Or, think or, or that- C, you know, the book by uh, <clears throat> Bob Woodward Wired. No, I think I think Wired ultimately. <clears throat> sells the Blue image, you know. When the, when Wired came out, it was pretty scandalous. But now, like all the drugs and stuff we have, like all the stories we know and paparazzi and excess stuff like that, um, the the actors and, and and musicians who have died since Belushi and the drugs from Cobain to Whitney Houston, 
Um, I think that Wired is all is pretty mundane now. I think Belushi's legacy is just fine. What saddens me a bit is that um, in the past I've had dalliances uh, with people who are much younger than me, you know, and talking to these kind of these young kids. Um, <clears throat> always over eighteen, of course, but uh, they have no idea who John Belushi is. Oh my god, you almost choked on your What do you want now, the brat? No. Did you go back and forth? You made forth? me stop like mid bite on that. Did you go back and forth on the old brat? Yeah. Up and down, yeah. I'm gonna fish sharp everywhere. Uh yeah, no idea. I don't think Belushi has um transcended. I think with music it does, but I think a lot of times with uh Hollywood, uh no. Yeah. I don't know. That's sad. It might just be who I'm dating though. <laughs> Well, that's sad, too. No, no. Hey, let's move on to a happier topic. Are you ready? If you see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the The B-52s are back again. Well, sort of. They're about to release their first ever, first ever, live concert DVD, and it's called The B-52s with the Wild Crowd live in Athens, Georgia. It can't be. To quote the immortal lyrics of lead singer Fred Schneider, don't let the chlorine in your eyes blind you to the awful surprise that's waiting for you at the bottom of the bottomless blue, blue, blue pool. Sean Daly... And I had the honor of catching the bees live in concert in Hollywood, right? Back uh, back in September, Labor Day weekend. I blocked it out of my memory. Probably should. No, by far <laughs> the greatest um, stuck in the 80s uh, adventure. Yeah, we had uh, Crash from Long Beach, uh, the great Brad from L.A., Marty U. Oh, I love Marty U. Yeah, you-, you know what? Every time Marty U like, tweets or does something on Facebook, it's like it's, it's a great it's day genius. for me. It's genius. It's genius. So, Sean, my question, was the bees the highlight of that amazing night? Um. Yeah, they were great. They were great. Berlin was good, right? We like yeah, Berlin. Yeah. Fix was pretty good. But yeah, B-52s killed it. I mean, they got on the stage and everyone just jumped to their feet. Yeah, they seemed like a totally... Oh, God. And then who who closed? Oh, Human League. <laughs> Human League. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, what can you do? I was pretty... Um, I had uh, a lot of beer and... You were pretty skull. trashed. Skull. I had oh, you skull. skull. <laughs> Why do you do that? <laughs> Because your friend, Bad Andy, was there. Bad Andy is there. Bad Bad things happen when Bad Andy's around. I'm like Belushi. I'm Belushi. I have an addictive party um, personality. I never thought about that. That was really true, though. I I am. And not just in my love life and lots of things. It's it's amazing I've never done cocaine or heroin. I'm just afraid of my heart exploding. But... um, I, I do. I do for like great chunks of life. I have an addictive personality. I'm, I'm waiting for my intestines to explode. Monty see, Monty do, you know. <laughs> yeah. We never watched that movie together. How can we never watch you? I have a together? lot of spare time these days, Stephen Q. Spears. I'll be over. We camped out. So, anyway, a few months ago, um, right about the time that like every interview was falling into place for us, when Steve Perry was on the phone, Jim Kerr and stuff, uh, I had a chance to talk to uh, Fred Schneider, the lead singer of the P52s. And we chatted for about 15 minutes. We talked about everything. We talked about the Hollywood show. 
We talked about his side project, the Superions, um, which you should Google them or go onto YouTube and call up some of their videos. They're incredibly funny. Uh, and we talked about the new live, DV- live DVD, which they had just announced at that point. And um, so I've been sitting on this interview for months, and uh, knowing that the, this DVD is coming out, I thought, now's a good time as any. So I've edited, I've edited it down to a nice, tight five minutes. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy five minutes with Spearsy and Fred Schneider. First of all, I got to tell you that um, I, uh, I just now, I just recently caught the B-52s early in September at the Hollywood Bowl, and you blew everyone else at that concert away. Well, I don't know. I, I, we still have it. It was amazing. I it was it was. I think there was nineteen thousand people there, sold out, and there was you know, Human League, Terry Nunn, um, and you guys came out there and just. I mean, you stole the show from Human League. Well, we're very different bands. Um, I, I th- we're we're a lot more rock, but um, it, it was just a great experience, and I I, I enjoyed everybody on the pill. To to me, the magic of the B-52s has always seemed to be that you guys have this seemingly endless amount of energy that you can pour into every song and every performance. I, I got to wonder, how, how much effort does it take to maintain that from decade after decade after decade? Um, well, probably when we get to be about 80, it might slow down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was amazed how at the at the Hollywood Bowl, you guys just sort of—I mean, you turned a huge stage into into a, a party with just you know a, a small band. It was just you know, and it's just there's something about the presence and the energy level that just amps it up. Well, Keith's an amazing guitarist, um, and doesn't probably get the credit he deserves. Um, and we have a killer touring band who. Uh, some our good friends, Paul Gordon on keyboards and guitar, Sterling Campbell, who's been with David Bowie, and a lot of other amazing acts, and Tracy Wormworth, who's played with all different acts um, on bass. We just have, you know, it's, it's inspiring to be with such great musicians. I was thrilled, too, that you played a bunch of tunes from Funplex, which I thought was, was an exceptional album. I, I really, I, every time you play... Um, uh, was it love in the year three thousand? I just I love when you start singing about booty bots. Robots, booty bots, erotabots. Robots, booty bots, erotabots. Robots, booty bots, erotabots. I know we, <laughs> we just we just do it. We just laugh and say, okay, that's good. <laughs> Viral vortex. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I, I remember giving it a review, and I was so happy when I heard it the first time because I thought I, I love it when a when you know I mean it's it's been a long time since the beginning of the band to 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 Funplex, and yet the it seems like the mission remains the same and the the energy remains the same and the in the fun it's just well we made use of Pro Tools and live instruments and vocals because uh, it it really made the recording process go a lot smoother and faster. Uh, but we, we're still, we have, you know, E52's universe. Right. And now you have a new live album out that I just heard about with the, called With the Wild Crowd Live in Athens, Georgia. Is that actually really the first live album that you've put out as a group? Uh, yes, because the other two, one was stolen. Stolen? Live at CBGB's was stolen somehow. Oh, man. So, 
And then we recorded something uh, years ago with Rhino, but the tapes got screwed up or something, so it, it was unusable. I, I I would actually look at it as a blessing in disguise because based on what I'm hearing these days, you guys are in top form. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that this album is going to yeah. sound like what well, I heard in Hollywood. We're re- it's really close to that. Uh, we're really happy with the live album. I, I want to ask about Athens, Georgia itself. Um, I grew up here in Florida, and I went to Gainesville and the University of Florida for college, which uh, you know gave birth to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But Athens, you know, obviously can claim uh, giving birth to the B, uh, the Bees and REM. I, I just want to know: is there something in the water? Or what is that you credit to the creation of two great bands in the same city? Um, well, at the time, uh, it's a college town, and a lot of people would go there, even if they didn't go to college, and then wind up living there, artistic people. And we <clears throat> we hung out with an extended crowd of artistic people and partied together, and there wasn't really anything to do in Athens at the time. There were no, like, clubs for new wave bands or rock bands. We just had to make our own fun, and uh, we did. So there you go, the great Fred Schneider. Um, and a little I, docile, a little docile. Well, yeah, Fred. a little. I think he, you know, I think he he saves the energy for the stage. Yeah, it's not crazy, wild, wacky, Fred. But you know what is crazy, wild, and wacky? The, the Seggies. Ah, the Mystic Refrain of Reader Mailbag, and I swear to God, I can't remember the last time we had one of these. I know. Who is this? Who sent this in? Who is that? Was that Dougie Doug from State College, <laughs> PA? <laughs> Happy Valley? All right, Dougie Doug. Well done. Here we go. Dear Stephen Sean, like all the letters you receive, I'll start by saying I'm a big fan of the podcast and have been listening for a few years. However, I've never written in before now. Mm. First time letter. First time letter. Um, The reason I'm writing in now is because I saw that U2's The Joshua Tree is going to be an upcoming podcast topic, and U2 is by far my favorite band. Mm. I've seen that. Could you not chew directly into the (laughs) microphone? Good Lord. It's like trying to like talk over like a <laughs> rhino blast. <laughs> oh, da, 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 da. Oh, I've seen you two in concert nine times, including four times on their most re- recent 360 tour. Plus, I have a cat named Bono. <laughs> <laughs> Prior to this most recent tour, my opinion was that the Joshua Tree is the best album in their catalog. However, they really focused on Octung Baby on the latest tour playing several songs from that album throughout the set list, presumably because they were putting out a 20th anniversary reissue, reissue after the tour ended. The Octung song sounded so great, so fresh, and still so relevant that my opinion changed, and I now think that Octung is probably their best album. Ha! Take that, Spears. Mm. Although Joshua Tree would uh, only be a gnat's ass behind. Oh, that's poetic. And for what it's worth, one of my personal favorite albums that I can start... That I can listen to start to finish anytime, anywhere, no matter what mood I'm in, is The Unforgettable Fire. <laughs> ah! So in one mega YouTube fan's opinion, you guys have nailed the best albums. Thank you guys for continuing to pump out these podcasts when you have the time. It's much appreciated and always entertaining, even when you're um, eating on giant Black Angus hot dogs. I, for one, can be fully entertained even when you're di- dissecting a movie from the 80s I haven't seen. That's what they call effective entertainment. I'll take it. 
Even though I graduated high school in the early 90s, I feel a couple of common threads with you guys. Like Sean, I went to high school in PA. Chambersburg! I beat Chambersburg in tennis. Didn't have a lot of tennis victories. When they called me the snake. That was my nickname on the courts, the snake. Why? Why did they call you that? It was not for my dong. (laughs) It was for my lethal forehand. I had a great forehand, but my backhand, nightmare. Nightmare. And like Steve, Dougie Doug uh, also had a mustache um, in high school. You had a mustache in college. I had one in high school, too. You did? Yeah. Sounds funny. Albeit, uh, Dougie Doug's uh, stash was peach fuzz, and yours was thick. Magnum P.I.S. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, totally stuck in the 80s, Dougie Doug, State College, PA. Thank you so much. Finally, Steve, whip, whip up the letter writers into a, a, a fervor. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, God. As always, send your emails to stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it's time for mystery movie moment. Um, the hot dogs are gone. So we can focus on the seggies, right? Are yours gone? You know the yeah, man. Mine were gone a long time ago because I have a show to do. People can hear every single one of your chews. <laughs> at least they, at least our <laughs> listeners know that you chew your food properly and thoroughly. <coughs> oh, geez. I swear to God, I just coughed up like sauerkraut. Oh, there was sauerkraut God, in my no, lungs. Stop, stop. Sauerkraut in my lungs. The Steve Spears story. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great on my death certificate? Uh, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Death by sauerkraut. Accidental accidental inhalation of sauerkraut. Yeah. That'll be a first. I'm telling you, it almost happened. (laughs) Pay attention. Here's the clip from last show. An explanation is probably long overdue. Yeah, the great Teen Wolf. Jesus, how many times have you used uh, Teen Wolf for mystery movie moment? I don't think I've used Teen Wolf 2 a lot. Because it's the superior Teen Wolf. I don't like the name. I don't like Styles. I don't like the name Boof. You say boof all the time, and I'm the one who gets upset. No, I don't. I've said boof maybe three times in my entire life. I hate that. I hate it, too. Nice one. (laughs) Name the winners. Yeah, this week's winners include Mal McNeil of Ballandary in Northern Ireland, Kevin Wench. I love Kevin Wench. Aaron Shaw of High River, Alberta. Steve Girat of Q-Star Radio. Carnival Tom in Cologne, Germany. Colleen Ohm of Cheney, Washington. <laughs> Buck from Arkansas. Shazam from St. Louis, currently in Germany. Andrew in Montana. And Scotty Scottman Madison <laughs> in Kalamazoo. I thought that was the last one, so I wasn't sure. It's was not the last thing. one. I know. Sorry, Scott Madison. Spears screwed me up. Oh, and the delightful, the bosomy, the odorific jukebox Johnny writes, Van Halen is back together, and here in the Denver area, they are planning a rock and roll show in late May. So I have three questions for you, Sean and Steve. One, are you interested in seeing the Van Halen tour 26.5 years past their prime without Michael Anthony and or Sammy Hagar? Two, does Cool and the Gang as an opening act make you more interested? And three... Uh, who would be a better 80-ish or rock and roll opening act for the Van Halen Boys? Take it away, Stephen Q. Spears. Um, number one, yes. We, but we saw him four years ago, three years ago here. So, I mean, I, I have seen him. Eddie's least. totally sober. A sober Eddie is still an incendiary picker of the guitar. So you're saying yes to number one? Yeah, and the uh, new album rocks. Okay, question number two. Does Cool in the Game make it a bit more interesting? I am cool in the gang is like I'm like Switzerland there. I'm very neutral. Like uh, it's I'll we- listen. It's, it's weird and I like weird, 
but it doesn't make me any more interesting. Cool in the Gang has more hits than you think. Yeah. Who would be a better 80-ish uh, rock and roll opening act? How about uh, Skid, uh, Skid Row was 90s, though, weren't they? Yeah. Um, 80s. 80s. So you need somebody who's not necessarily hair metal, but kind of leans that way. Because Van Halen's a rock and roll band. You know who I'd pick? Who? This is, gonna be, this is genius. Heart. Ugh, I hate Heart. What? I don't care for Heart. Oh, they're great in concert. Uh, uh, no, they actually might be better in concert than Van Halen is. That's the problem. You got your nose so far up the ass of the Wilson sisters. Ugh. No, Hart doesn't That's really matter. Really pleasant thought. <laughs> actually, kind of is. Actually, it is for both of them. I'll take them. Um, let's see. Who would be? We need somebody who's kind of like the blues. Um, who's somebody really like a good guitar band but never like totally blew up? Blue Oyster Cult. Sure, why not? <laughs> Just, anything to get on to the sure, next segment. Yeah, sure, why not? There you go, you fuck Johnny. <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, I saw them. They say open for uh, Aerosmith. <laughs> they opened for Aerosmith. They were great. Yeah, nothing, nothing snores. Anyway, ready? Yeah. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. You're a very unusual looking group of people. I think you know that. Where'd you get that tie, buddy? Somebody couldn't guess your weight, huh? If you know it, email us at stuckinees at tippy.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a... A black Angus wiener. Mm. Ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. We've reached a, uh, the climax of the show, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, is that my cue to say something? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm so wigged out now <laughs> on this really bad soda. Uh, yeah. Public brand root beer. You don't drink a lot of soda. No, I don't. It's not good for you. All right, go I ahead, try, to, try to keep my yeah. body free of toxins. Yeah. Pay attention. Here's last week's mystery clip. That's Lionel Richie all night long. We'd love to talk to Lionel. I I am dying to talk to Lionel Richie. I love Lionel Richie. He has a new album out. He did all his old hits, countrified. Um, with like Blake Shelton and people like that. Uh, why not? He's from uh, what, Alabama? I guess. I mean, why not? He's from Tuskegee, Alabama. So, yeah. Does he get a bad nice rap, night. you think? But all night long he does with Jimmy Buffett. Ew. What time is it, Lionel? <laughs> Why, why do I not like Billy? I used to love Jimmy Buffett, and now he just annoys hey, me. Hey, Lionel! Did, do you think Lionel Richie gets a bad rap? You know, thirty years later, does no, he? He's awesome. No, no, but people like here's the thing. Mock him Honestly, a bit. like when it comes to love songs, Lionel Richie was a master of the. I don't like necessarily the chorus in his love songs, but like the first like. 35, 45 seconds of a Lionel Richie song is like, it really gets to me. You know, like truly and uh, three times a lady, you know? And then like, because I'm truly, eh, but you know, before. All the way up till then. Yeah. Girl, (laughs) I need you more than this or something like that. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting turned on. All right. Hey, this week's winners include (laughs) Sweet Lou. Greeley, Rich Koralik of Bristol, Wisconsin, Mitch from Dublin, Ireland, Chicago Neil, 
Brian Spoon Calhoun, <coughs> Bulbo Baggins of the Sackville Baggins's, Ron Raymond Jr. of Portland, Maine, Ken in Tampa, Dan Newcomb, Mark Harmon's Nipples, Chris from South Lyon. <laughs> He's furious. He's irate. He's livid. Charles, a.k.a. Mad from Yorktown. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckinnewsatempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a... Um... Brought. back and uh, we're still talking a little bit more about uh, U2's Joshua Tree just turned 25 years old did you get that uh, hot dog lunch we ate was really bad for us oh yeah <laughs> really <laughs> oh yeah definitely no it could be worse how could they could have been covered with cheese yeah there's no cheese sauerkraut was a vegetable right at yeah, some point it's it was cabbage pickled cabbage yeah my I had tomatoes on my Chicago yeah. dog it's, it had it'll have a cleansing effect on us. What was soon. so bad about it? I had chips. That was bad. I had chips with mine. And the sodas were, were bad. I think if you could like pull a sample of our blood right now, though, it'd <laughs> oh, be the, pink. The sodium? Like, there'd, there'd be like uh, big chunks of brat and black angus like swimming around in it. Oh, God. You ever see Fantastic Voyage when you were a kid? Didn't that scare the crap yeah. out of you? <laughs> scare the crap out of you. That guy didn't even eat a black angus. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You're right. Hey, so here's the thing about Joshua Tree. Um, when we knew we were going to be talking about it this week, I thought... Let's ask Stuck in the 80s what they think, because, you know, my opinion and Sean's opinion don't mount to a hill of beans, but Stuck in the 80s Nation, those are some geniuses out there. Yeah, that's true. And I know this is going to uh, kickstart a massive debate, uh, as you 2 always does, very polarizing band. Uh, but already, some Stuck in the 80s fans have um, sounded off about their favorite U2 album and where the Joshua Tree stands in the canon. Retro God, for example, said, sorry, but I'm going to be noncommittal here. I adore the Joshua Tree, but I don't know if it's the band's best. The Unforgettable Fire is also brilliant, and I love Octone Baby and Zuropa. Zuropa? Retro God. Retro Come on. God. You should have been more non-noncommittal. <laughs> as well as 2004's How to uh, Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Yeah. So. yeah, is that with Vertigo Retro, Retro God, that's not that good. Vertigo on? Vertigo and, jeez, uh, that's kind of a thin yeah. one, so. Uh, Crockett, our good friend Crockett says, as a music fan, I am much more fond of war. But there is no question that the Joshua Tree is a very important album to rock and roll, U2, the 80s, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it should be in everyone's CD album cassette collection. War, there you go. That might be war. one of the few albums that people would have had as a CD album and cassette. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that. Uh, Tony in Florida left a note on the blog. He said... Uh, Personally, I have to give the nod to War. There you Another go. Another War like fan. Mm -hmm. Is everyone forgetting how incredible Sunday Bloody Sunday was and New Year's Day and the not so well known Drowning Man? Oh, Drowning Man, yeah. War. Drowning Man! What? <laughs> Why can't you take a breath now? 
I'm throwing you a life preserver of love. Hold on. I'm pulling you in. And let's dance, dance, dance. <laughs> Not well known. <laughs> no, for obvious reasons. Cousin Ray in Tennessee says, it's all about what you heard. <laughs> no, that's not. Cousin Ray said, it's all about what you heard during the best times of your life. That's what Spearsy said. That's what you'll usually gravitate toward. That being said, my favorite was Under a Blood Red Sky Live at Red Rocks. Another one. I love this. It was when I first became aware of them, and I still think it was them at their raw best. I've always thought they were a better live band. I like what Cousin Ray's saying there about their raw best. Because they got very, very polished, you know? Yeah. And one I'm, thing about Octung Baby, that I, I bought into it, but it's an extremely overproduced right. album. Well, and you know, I love Under Blood Red Sky, too, but I kind of didn't consider it to be eligible. Because we I, I kind of assumed we were talking about studio albums. But, but no, I love you two, Circa... Under, uh, under any answer sky. is valid. Uh, Don in Tulsa says Joshua Tree is where the line was drawn in the sand for me, and I started losing interest in them. It was very popular and had a lot of good songs on it. However, it was also very clear to me that the band had departed from what I liked about them in the beginning. Sure, kind of an indie aesthetic, kind of rebellious, and they wanted to be the biggest rock stars on the planet with the Joshua Tree. Totally fair. Uh, and finally, our good friend Dr. Dim uh, sums it all up perfectly. By saying the Joshua Tree was, for me at the time, the turning point away from you 2 Although the turning started with Unforgettable Fire, it was Joshua Tree that made me say, that's it, I've had it with these guys. Bono's messianic tendencies became, became too much to bear. The video for With or Without You made me cringe. Why was Bono carrying a guitar? Just to swing it around over his head? War! Echoing Crockett and Tony in Florida. War remains Dr. Dim's favorite U2 album. Yeah, it's a war. It is. War wins. <laughs> Who thought? <laughs> Always <sighs> twisted. Turn. You look like a, a World War II flying ace right now. It's really warm You're in like here. You're like the Red Baron. <laughs> that, I mean, you can't or the Red Face Baron. I took, I took my napkin, my long... Man, you're dying. You got sweat. I'm worried. Are you sure my that body's working overtime on the... Was that cooked all the way through? Uh, well, let's find out soon enough. <laughs> you sit next to me. <laughs> you face me, too. Uh, it's oh, yeah. So man. when you when I breathe, it's going to be like, <sighs> sauerkraut. <sighs> sauerkraut. Spoiled, so, spoiled meats. What can you know? That woman said she's been on that corner since 96 or something. It wasn't exactly a big line in front of us, though. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Hey, that's all we have for this week. Uh, we will come back to you next week with a, a, a bigger show, yeah, a better we, show. We have like 50 shows lined up we like do. Jets and O'Hare, ready to take off. We just One need some time. Let us eat lunch, and we'll do this every day. Every day. Every single day, you can listen to us eat our food. You know what we should do today? We should do shepherd's pie. <laughs> it's gonna become a cooking show. Yeah. That's how you know this foodie nation. I now like that's how we keep it. What fresh. is this Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> you know what we should do sometime if we ever had the time for it. If all our bosses for some reason were like on a cruise together, and we had the coast of cruise run, preferably run, run the place, um, we should do a week. Straight of shows. Oh wow! It would break you. It would break your spirit. Like maybe we do because you have to produce them. But maybe we do twenty boom, minutes, boom, twenty minute shows. <laughs> Seven I'm, shows straight. Wow, I'm intrigued by that. When you move back in with me, we'll do that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. In the meantime, in the meantime, Bono the cat, Sean Daly, and myself, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the eighties.
Stuck in the 80s is produced by the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>